Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. Be sure, go to iTunes, leave us some reviews. We love seeing those. If you have any questions at all, be sure to message Jeff or I. Jeff, where can they get a hold of you? They can ho- holler at me on the telephone at 940-658-3172. Email goose, G-O-O-S-E, for the literate people, at net, or looks up at stanfieldhunting.com. Or they can look at me on Jeff Stanfield on Facebook or Jeff L. Stanfield on Facebook, which I'll be out at Facebook deal on that account in the next two days. I'll make it easy. If you need to get a hold of me, go to Instagram, Andy underscore Shaver, and I will be happy to answer any questions that you might have pertaining to waterfowl or anything else fun. All right. This podcast is brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries, and those fine people at Dive Bomb have given you a promo code, saving 10%. What is it, Jeff? Trump 2020. Trump 2020. You put that in at checkout and you save yourself 10% off of the best silhouettes in the market and not too distant future, I hear some floaters are coming out. So, you know. If you're a pigeon hunter, they got pigeon. Yeah, they got pigeon silhouettes out right now. And uh, later this summer, they will be introducing their floater line. So go to divebombindustries.com, get everything that you need silhouette-wise, use the promo code TRUMP2020, and then come back later in the summer, buy those floaters, use the promo code again. This show is also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells, direct to your door. Bismuth is back in style. Just takes one. Just takes one. You're not having, you know, if you're a good shot like I am, one shot, <laughs> killed, dead. No more uh, running after cripples and all that other fun stuff. Stone Cold killing them dead is what it is with one shot. And that's it. BossShotShells.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. Spinners are a necessity if you are a duck hunter. Lucky Duck has spinners. If you're a predator hunter, they've also got you covered there. Uh, turkey season just wrapped up, but hey, never too early to buy your uh, your next turkey decoy. So go to luckyduck.com and you can get those spinners for this next coming season. They've also got pigeon spinners. So I guess everybody's shooting pigeon pigeons. spinners will be awesome for the dove. For the dove, eh? For the du- pigeon spinners will be same shooting the d- over the doves. Ooh. Look at there. Multi purpose. So go to luckyduck.com. They've got all of your spinning wing decoy needs. We're also brought to you by 737 Duck Calls. The boys from Oklahoma make a mean duck call, a screamer. Get the old number one. It's a single read. I'm a single read kind of guy. I don't know about you, Jeff, but it's what I like. The old number one. Made in America, made in Oklahoma, shipped directly to your door. No big box stores to compete driving up those prices. It's a rock bottom price. 737. Made by great guys, great duck call, great product. Look them up. Get your duck call. Get your lanyard full of, of 737s. And this show is also brought to you by Athlon Optics. Also a U.S. made. Athlon Optics is a proud U.S. sports optic product company devoted to designing and delivering superior quality optic products and outdoor accessories at a competitive price to you, the consumer. Athlon has strong engineering design capability, strategic alliances with quality manufacturers, and a streamlined, fully integrated supply chain. Whether you're shooting prairie dogs or scouting those geese or ducks the night before, Athlon Optics has a product that you need. So go to athlonoptics.com, get your binoculars, get your scopes. They've also got red dot sights. They got it all. If you need to look through it so you can shoot something or find something, Athlon Optics is the way to go. We're also brought to you by Sea Light LEDs. Light up the world. Great for bow fishing, 
great for hunting, great for just your uh, in your pickup. You need some lights, uh, off roading, four wheeling, whatever it is. Sea light LEDs, the best sea light, the sea, best sea lights out there, or the best lights out there. Best LED lights out best there. Best LED. It's, two, it's 2019. There's no sense in running around in the dark. Technology's too good. Prices are too. You know, we've they've got it figured out. Competitive price. Ollie's scratching himself over there. He must have fleas. Competitive price. Sea light LEDs is the way to go. That way you're not fiddling around in the dark. Also, we're brought to you by William and Chris Wines. Texas wine at its finest. Chris is a good friend of ours. Great client. Also figured out how to make a hell of a wine. He's truly living the dream. He, he loves what he does. Drinks wine every day. Almost like uh, if, you're a wine, if you're a wine enthusiast and you get to make wine and do that every day. Probably like being a hunter and getting to hunt every day. WilliamandChrisWines.com. They'll also ship it to your door. It's summertime. Summertime. It's wine drinking time. People. Yes, it is. Finally, last but not least, we are brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. You can take this one, Jeff. Um, holler at us if you're looking for a corporate dove hunt. Weekdays about all I've got left. I got some weekends left. October. Stanfieldhunting.com. We can take care of you on dove hunt. Got teal season. We're gonna have a lot of teal this year. Yes. Got weekday teal hunts available. You got four guys want to come up and do an inexpensive duck hunt in the morning, shoot some teal in September. We can do a lodging breakfast and a morning teal hunt. That's Stanfieldhunting.com. Call me for details at nine four zero six five eight three one seven two. Okay, on this episode of the podcast, we're joined by public land hunter Dan Reese. Dan comes from the great state of Wisconsin, hunts up there year-round, duck, big duck hunter, big duck hunting area, it sounds like. Uh, this was an interesting podcast. We talk a little bit about Packer football. You can't have a guest from Wisconsin on and not talk about my beloved Packers. So this was a fun one, and here we go. Dan Reese. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom. And welcome to the Big Honker Podcast brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries and Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Sheriff. You sound like you're out of breath. There, <clears> I just about was. Jeepers. My goodness. Are you going to make fun of me now? Are you going to introduce oh, our shit. guest or am I going to introduce our guest? You introduce him. Our guest on the phone today from Wisconsin, the a Minnesota sh- Viking fan. <laughs> Dan Reese. Dan, are you a Viking fan or are you a fucking Packer fan also? Oh, Packers for sure. The Vikings are just pieces of shit. Are are, are Vikings bigger pieces of shit or is it the Bears? Because I don't even I don't even talk about the Lions. You know, you know, it's I think it's gonna be the Bears now because they're better. I mean for a while there it was the Vikings because they were better than the than the Bears, but maybe it's back to the Bears now. You you know it's funny as we talk about Andy Trash and other teams other than the Packers. I found a picture of you yesterday, mm-hmm. and you know what kind of hat you're wearing? Probably a Viking. It's hat. a purple and yellow hat. Damn mm-hmm. sure is a Viking right. fan. I started to put that on the podcast page because I thought, boy, the guys will have some fun we, with that we, shit. We've talked about this at nauseum on the podcast that when Brett Favre played for the Vikings, I was a Vikings fan. I was a Favre fan. Favre fan. You no, know, honestly, any 
Yeah, any real Packer fan just had a headache that entire five or six years of Barb going back and forth and all over the place. That was just, that was a clusterfuck. It was tough. But my uh, my allegiance was with Sir Favre, and that's where I went to. We've talked about it before. You're not breaking news here, Jeff. So if you feel like you need to post that picture, go ahead. Pissy. Told you. Just pissy. I'm not pissy, but I'm just I'm just, it was state, just stating the facts. It was pretty funny when I saw that. I thought, fucking Andy's weren't a Vikings I was fan. also a Jets fan for a year, and then I was a Vikings fan for two years, and then when Favre finally figured it out that he was done, I came back home. And I guarantee you I'm not the only Packer fan Dan, did that. you ought to hear him making excuses for the New Orleans game when Favre was playing. Oh, that was a heartbreaker. <laughs> he still gets worked up over this. That was a heartbreaker, Dan. I don't know what you know, I don't honestly, know where your allegiance I, I was. Love, I love that game. Oh. Watching him show and throw an interception to end everything, it was great. Watching him get his, his head knocked in, I thought it was great. Oh. And once he was done with football, then I was back to liking Brett Favre again. So did he throw an interception in that game? Is that what happened? I believe the end of the game. I think that's how the game ended. I think it. I think, it, I think it did too. The, yeah, I think he threw an interception. Threw across his body and threw an interception. You yeah. know, in our family, it's more fun when heartbreak happens to your your family members and something like this. And when Andy goes for something, I automatically I'm on the other side just because the way Andy acts all the time. So I was actually. Really, really pulling for New Orleans to win just for that. Just, but I really liked Minnesota. It was just didn't want to see Andy all happy and talking shit for a year. But he made he makes a lot of excuses about the bounty bowl and all that stuff. It, it come down to Brett through an interception. That, that's exactly what it came down to. And yeah, I, I just couldn't see the Vikings winning no matter what. I just I'd rather not see that. But I don't ever pull against Green Bay. I like to give Andy shit about Green Bay because they're America's team, and they're—I mean, why would you not like them? So, so suck it, Cowboy fans. Oh, I hate the fucking Cowboys. Now I'll never pull for them. <laughs> but I, but I do like to. I, I like Green Bay. I think Aaron Rodgers is a big pussy, though. He is. Why? He's why not. A, he's, he's not a, a team player at all. Hey, You—you act like you share a fucking locker room with him. Well, if he was, I'd say, hey, you're a pussy, and he could date better looking women than why? Danica. Patrick. How is he? A, he played with a fucking broken leg. I didn't say All he was tough. Season. He's not a team player, though. You've even talked about he wouldn't. He's not much of a team guy. He's not. I don't. I, I'm not sitting next. Dan, to him. do you think he's a team guy? Uh honestly, I no, I don't. There you I go. I think he. I think he. I th- honestly, I think he sways back and forth depending on his mood. I mean, he's PMS and worse than the biggest bitch I know. He so, does. I mean, it's just yeah, it's. He's back and forth all season, I think. It's all there's about There's some days him. where it looks like his head is there, and then there's other days where he just sits down like he doesn't give a shit about anything. Now, I will tell you, last season it looked like he didn't give a shit. Exactly. He kind of had that far-off look about week. Uh, actually, it was early. And when they were playing the Rams, there was no sense of urgency. And I I saw it, but I don't know, I don't know about his – teammate skills but he did look like he didn't give a shit well i've never seen any of his teammates come up and talk good about him like i did brett Favre. have you seen any of them talk bad about him i don't know because they know that he's better okay than okay Muller. okay Muller. Muller shit that's what you sound like well we couldn't prove his innocence well could you prove his Fuck. fucking could you prove his guilt uh i think greg jennings on the um on skipping them any anybody other than an ex disgruntled oh, here we go can you find anybody i'm sure there's a lot of people think come on Mueller, give it give it to me Mueller. let's I mean, talk let's talk waterfowl we got all football season dan you're public hunter in wisconsin sorry you had to hear that dan 
Are you killing like mom and dad arguing? Are we killing buffleheads? <laughs> what what are we killing up there? Oh hell yeah, we're killing buffleheads late in the year. On purpose. We're killing anything that flies then. What what do you have towards the end of the year? I mean, everything's cold and frozen up. What stays there? Um, we'll have mallards that stay all winter long, no matter um, the, the conditions. And, yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm sitting in front of my house right now, and the river is literally across the street, and it'll be 20 below zero outside, and I'll have mallards walking through my backyard eating wow. bird feed out of people's feeders. Well, fuck, that's where I'd be hunting. I mean, those at. are city ducks, but they. The population quadruples once wintertime hits because then the wild birds come into the city and they just hang out for the winter. Now, are you hunting on the Horicon Marsh or are you hunting someplace else? Um, I grew up in Horicon, so that used to be the only place we ever hunted. I think last year, two years ago, we hunted there probably half the season. Mm-hmm. And then we started hunting the Wisconsin River backwaters, which was more flooded sloughs, timber sloughs, flooded timber pockets, stuff like that. And uh, I think last year we hunted the Wisconsin River backwaters probably 90% of the time, and we only went to Horkham once last year. Are you having to fight other hunters to get into the places to hunt, like a lot of the out-of-staters are that we've listened to so far? No, we don't have any of that stuff. We don't have any draws. We don't, I mean, I'm talking about my specific area. I know there's a uh, Richard Bong recreational area in the south east corner of the state and i know they have blinds set up there i just because i saw a picture of somebody hunting out of one i don't think that there's a draw i think that's a first come first serve but like i said i i don't i don't know anything about that but here there's no applications there's no draws there's no nothing there's i mean if i wanted to take vacation the rest of the summer and go pick out a spot in the marsh and sit there until opening day i'm more than welcome to do that tomorrow if i want what 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 kind of spreads are you putting out where you're hunting at um, it depends. <clears throat> Usually beginning of the year we'll run a half dozen to a dozen mallards and then throw a whole bunch of teal and wood ducks out there, just kind of matching what we're seeing. Um, I'll always throw, depending on where we are, obviously if we're hunting in the flooded timber there, we're not going to throw goose floaters out, but if we're hunting the sloughs, we got geese that come into the, all the time in the backwaters. As it gets colder out, we'll knock the teal out keep the wood ducks up the mallard numbers by the end of the year we're probably running five dozen mallards max and that's if we're in a bigger pocket in the marsh or if we're in the flooded timber i try to keep it probably two dozen mallards and that's about it now when you're hunting the backwaters how do you how do you navigate that what do you is there a spot that you put in for your boat how do you run us through that yeah there's a there's a county boat launch and uh, you just basically put in there, and you get the main river channel, and then there's fingers and sloughs and flooded areas of the woods and creeks, and there's just a million different fingers that run off this main river. Mm-hmm. And obviously you run up that slough for a little bit, and then there's six more sloughs that run off of that. And, you know, before you know it, you're a half mile off the river channel. And last year, once the water started coming back up, once it started raining out, I mean, I, we were... It was like Arkansas last year. We were just driving our boat right through the woods, mm-hmm. finding big holes and hunting those. So is it just luck of the draw? You just happen, do you kick up ducks and you say, okay, we're setting up here? Or do you have spots that historically you know there's going to be ducks? Yeah, and we're still learning the spots because it's only been a couple of years. But just from those two years, historically, they the ducks like 
they like the same spots. The only problem that we ever run into is 90% of the hunters that put in at that launch we do go upriver, mm-hmm. and my buddy and I go downriver. And it seems like we're the only ones that ever hunt back there. So there's mornings where we easily see a thousand mallards working over. But, you know, once you shoot at two or three of them and they land in a different hole, you know, 300, 400 yards away, well, now every single duck that sees live birds back there, they just focus on that hole and go right in. Now, do you go downriver because you saw people running up, or do you go down just because it just felt right? We just go down because that's, we just, usually we see more ducks working that area down there. What, uh, what, so you usually hunt with just you and one guy, you and one guy, a buddy? Yeah, one or two. Um, late in the year when it gets really cold out, sometimes we'll bring two boats and kind of put them next to each other and we're more in it to just grill out and hang out and, you know, finish duck season up at that point, but usually one or two different people. What do you, what, what is your daily, what's your average kind of hunt kill wise? Uh, I, you know, that's the thing with Wisconsin. It's so, there's so many dead spots and lulls in our season where the teal move out, the wood ducks will move out, but the mallards haven't quite, the majority of the mallards haven't quite made it. So days like that, I mean, if, if it's three birds a person, it, it's a good day. And then two weeks later, it gets a little colder out, and you're slamming a limit in 15 minutes. So later in the year, you're killing a limit of mallards then, just about. Yep, and then when it gets really cold out, and the majority of the mallards push out, and then you're, I mean, then it, you're kind of hunting just divers, and those can be pretty hit or miss on the river. At that point, you got to go to the lakes where the, they wrapped up a little bit, in a little bit higher numbers. Yeah, but you're hunting for the love of it, and that, that's what I'm, I'm impressed by, and I like that. And I mean, we get spoiled by numbers because that's what we're kind of business we're in, but the guy that goes out and hunts every day, whether you're killing one duck or 12 ducks, you know, that's still, that's what exactly. that's the love of it. Now, you hunt Lake Superior some? Or I have not hunted Lake Superior ever. Um, I have been out on layout boats on Lake Michigan before, uh, twice, and then Bay of Green Bay a couple of times. How deep's the water y'all are hunting? Uh, Bay of Green Bay is only like 15 foot, maybe. I mean, it's pretty shallow. So when you get out on the Lake Michigan and you go after Old Squaw, then you're, I mean, it's it considerably deeper at that point. You know, depends where they're feeding at, 80 foot, 100 foot, wherever they're feeding at. And you're a fucking layout boat. <laughs> yep. Mm-mm. That's some rough ass water. We I went to St. George. Or what, what's the island there at Green Bay with the peninsula? Um, Door County, uh, Washington Island. Washington Island. We went there last year. That's pretty country in yep. there, but boy, I tell you, it'd be some rough ass hunting out in the damn layout blind. Yeah, it uh, it kicked up pretty quick. So actually, the first time we ever shot old squad, we were in a uh, walleye boat, and we had a tangled up lot of bluebell decoys, and literally threw them in the water, and let them get about. 30 yards away from us and just floated with them and the old squaw were decoying into those and that's how we shot our first old squaws or long tails whatever you want to call them do you shoot them a lot um i haven't the last couple of years i got a buddy that goes on a hunt with a guide every year i mean you're if you can hit anything you're guaranteed a limit almost every time you go out for those things that's a trophy duck how many of those can you kill six you can kill six old squaw. Yep. I guess I think of them as being a rare. I have a duck. feeling yeah. if that if that is 
isn't going to change next year. It's coming soon. I have a feeling because it's the amount of guides that run people out there now. It's just getting too big. And I mean, you see pictures of you know four guys sitting in front of a tender boat, and they all got a limit of old squad sitting there. I mean, you can only sustain that for so long before right. Before the bottom just falls off. I have no pride. I want a pair of them to get mounted in my lodge. So get get a pair next year for me. Oh, not a problem. Not a problem. I had, you know, every once in a while you get some scoters out there too. So, well, I'm not a Democrat, but I'll take whatever you give me that I don't have. <laughs> Actually, to be honest with you, I'm pretty sure my buddy still has a white wing scoter in his freezer that he's not using. Oh, I'd love to have that. So, so I'll talk to him and see what I can do. What's the coldest that you've gone out hunting? Oh, probably air temperature of probably zero, five below, but the wind chill closer to 20 below. I mean, it only, you can only hunt so cold before the water just, you know, freezes. So, right. I mean, it's, yeah, I'd say wind chill of, 20 below or so so the wind is at least kicking the water up i mean i try not to do that i'm not gonna lie uh-huh. i don't i'll deer hunt in that if you're not in water and you can bundle up a little bit more but uh-huh. yeah i'm not wearing waders and jumping my ass in the water when it's when it's that cold out andy hunted at four below two or three years ago in hobart we had four below it was a cold son of a bitch boy but like like yeah. like dan said though i you know I wasn't wearing waders. No, 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 no. It was on dry land, but it was well, it was snow. Yeah, it was a cold son of a bitch, though. I got cold yeah, we going in the bakery. We hunted during deer hunting during deer season last year. I believe it was the Wednesday, of, so it'd be the Tuesday or Wednesday, so the day or two before Thanksgiving last year. And I want to say it was three below. And I don't think we got out of the boat, but we were still wearing waders in case we had to get out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I. I was I was feel my feet. I just I couldn't feel my feet after an hour. It was bad. What time do the ducks start flying around when it's that cold? As soon as they can see to go get something to eat. So they're not the only they're way not they sleeping in. They're not sleeping in. They're as soon as as, nope, as soon as they can see they're, they're gone. gone. Yep. Well, we had it wasn't last season, but the season before is the second to last day of the season, and it was. It was cold. I mean, it's probably zero, maybe a little little warmer than that, but I'm sure the wind chill was below zero. And we were sitting in the hole. We were all set up, and it was about 10 minutes before opening, and we had a flock of probably 500 mallards come in. They, were, they saw the decoys. They came over the trees. They were on the water. They were buzzing around. I mean, we could have just cleaned house. And we had a whole bunch of land in the hole in the woods behind us, and they were just everywhere. By the time it was open, they were all gone. I think we might have shot one or two of them as they were all leaving, and that's that's all we got. We never saw another duck the rest of the day then. That's crazy because, you know, a lot of people think when it's cold like that, you want to be later in the day. Yeah. But if you're I think, you know, I if think the geese water. tend to move a little later when it Absolutely. gets cold out. Yeah. Yeah. They're lazy little bastards, though. We had yeah. t- we had well, trouble this year when they'd leave at eight or nine o'clock, even just on regular mornings. Yeah, but that's just because this year was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a little pond, a little public pond that I hunt earlier in the year, <clears throat> and uh, I I'll take my kids when I go because you know it's still fifty, sixty degrees out, and the duck or the geese never come back until 
1030 was always the magic number. Yeah. And now the last couple of years, we'd walk down the trail, we only bring seven goose floaters with us, and we'd throw them out there, and we'd sit in the cattails and just wait for the flocks to come back. And it was 1130 two years ago. Never saw a goose, so we got up. And as soon as we packed up, started heading up the trail, then the geese started coming back. Well, last year <laughs> I hunted it again, and they didn't come back till 1230. So whatever the hell they feel like it. Yeah. Do y'all have very many public fields that y'all can hunt up there? Um, not too much. There's a lot of public lands that are more for, you know, pheasant and deer hunting that they used to have farmers plant crops on, but you know, you don't see that too much anymore. There might be a cornfield here or there. But the ones that they plant, they're pretty surrounded by trees, almost to where geese aren't gonna really land into it when they can, you know, go to a wide open field a half mile away. What what so doesn't what are the we don't main, have a lot of go ahead what's it? no go ahead what are the main crops that you have up there is it all corn or is it some corn and beans yeah corn and soybeans and and the geese oh. don't hardly get on the uh the publicly owned corn fields huh yeah and i mean there's i could maybe count on one hand how many public properties have fields planted on them anymore right it just it doesn't happen too much so do you field hunt very often, or are you mainly just on the backwaters and, and the lakes and such? We're we're mainly on the water. Um, we do got a couple of fields that we can get on here and there, but it seems like every time the field hunting's good, the water hunting's pretty damn good, too, so we just stick to the water. Uh, I'm going to get out a lot more this year, probably do more evening field hunting. Mm-hmm. I got a couple couple properties south of town here that... I got on late last year that I never ended up hunting, so I'm going to try to get on those again and see what we can do. Get to lay up lines this year and lay right in the decoys and the double corn. So is that, that is that why you stick mainly to the rivers? Is that just basically what you're set up for? Um, I got all the stuff for field hunting. We just it you, seems like we just, just don't do it as much. You just like yeah. the water better. Do you a frame exactly. hunt? I'd rather be in the boat than on dry land. Do you, do you hunt out of the A-frames ever or just the layout blinds? Um, just layout blinds. Layout blinds are just laying in the decoys. Dude, if you ever go to A-frames, you'll never go back to them layouts. Yeah, I hunted in one when we actually brought one down to Arkansas with us uh, two years ago, and I hunted out of it. And yeah, it was definitely comfortable. I'll give you that. Crank that little heater up, get you a stove going. <laughs> cold Wisconsin mornings. Oh, see that we got the griddle in the boat, and I got a jet boil to bring along in the boat now, and uh, it's what's a, what's a, jet, what's a jet boil? Yeah, what's a jet boil? Jet boil is like a backcountry camping stove, like mainly used to boil water, but you can put some chicken bouillon cubes in there and make some hot chicken broth, or you know, make some coffee, or you can even bring freeze dried meals with you and dump that in if you want to eat it. Eat so it's just a thing to boil, boil water. water. Yeah, so there's a couple of times where boil water and you put, like, bacon or cheese or whatever in a Ziploc bag and then crack a couple of eggs in there and mix it up and then just let it lay in that simmering water. Huh. And it cooks you an omelet, like, in the Ziploc bag. I'll be damned. I never have heard so of a jet boil. Pretty good, too. You and, get- and it does it right in, you can put it in a Ziploc bag and it'll cook it right in the bag. Yep, well, freezer bag, the storage bags are a little thin and that gets a little messy. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I assume you learned uh, the hard way on that. Yeah, yeah, I destroyed one of them once. <laughs> but, I, 
one thing I we always spend the night out opening night or the day before opener. We'll always spend the night out in the boat, and I'll always bring. I have a seventeen-inch blackstone griddle, and we'll bring that out and cook burgers out in the boat and all that stuff. So, I have learned one thing through the public podcast that we're doing. You fuckers like to eat, and I'm boy, I'm jealous of you guys. They're eating in the boat and everything else. We're wanting a fucking well, awesome hey. burrito here if we're lucky. You don't even you don't even know what an awesome is, but. Not a it's a, fr- it's it's a convenience store. Somehow. Yeah. You don't want to bring heaters on the boat because then people are just going to be up your ass about being a pussy the whole time. Yeah, the, the Aaron Rodgers way, evidently. How long do you hunt all day or do you have to stop at noon or one o'clock? No, we can go all day long. Um, our day ends 20 minutes before sunset. There's not a lot of people that hunt. It's mostly morning hunting. Right. Um, a couple of times last year, I usually take newer people out a couple of times a year that I've never done it before. That's usually the times that we'll hunt all day long, mm-hmm. switch spots up, do stuff like that. But we don't do a lot of afternoon hunting. So you usually stop, what, 11, 12 o'clock? Yeah, sometimes not even that. Sometimes, honestly, there's mornings where we're in the marsh and whether we have, you know, four birds, no birds. It's 8.30, and we're already talking about picking up. Yeah. That is the one thing that I am jealous of, is you guys that can just roll up shop at 8.30. You're like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. Let's go on about it. Especially in the marsh. There's so many people in there sometimes that, you know, it's you get everything all settled, and you're far enough away from everybody, and then you got the jerk-offs that come in 20 minutes after opening, and start setting up in between everybody then by the time 8 30 rolls around you're basically shoulder to shoulder shaking dicks with everybody so what's what's the situation at the at the marsh is it just first come first serve gates yep, open first and come, go first serve. yep there's no distance there's no you can sit as close as you want just be ready for an argument that that's pretty much how it goes i wouldn't want to piss off a bunch of big old fucking cheddarheads up here mm-hmm have you gotten yeah. in any of these arguments at the marsh? No, not too much. I mean, there's nine nine times out of ten people are courteous enough to come and do a hole and see somebody's in there and turn around and go back out. I mean, you got the asshole every once in a while here that waits until opening and then realizes he has nowhere else to go, then he'll do the hole 200 yards away from me and set up. And usually on the wrong side of your wind and he fucks you all morning, but... So, I don't know. There's there's not as much arguing as there used to be. Right. On public land, what is a, an acceptable distance for spreads to be apart? In your, uh, in your mind. You know, when we're on the backwaters, we don't have to worry about it because there's just not enough people out there. When we're in the marsh, when we're in a marsh, we're, sorry, when we're in the marsh, I'm sorry, I got my that redneck ass fucking neighbor looking at me through my window. Um, when we're in the marsh, the marsh is basically the main river channel and then there's sloughs that go off and then there'll be potholes that you can sit in. And the potholes, the biggest potholes are like 100 yards by 100 yards, let's say. And there better be only me in that pothole. <clears throat> and, right. you know, there's some longer ones. That, you know, you can fit two or three people. And if I know the person... It's different. I mean, we'll we'll set up, you know, me over here and you on the east side of the pothole, depending on the wind, you know, stuff like that. But the way that the marsh is set up with the potholes, that better be the only one in the in the hole. Now, if you hunt the 
edges of the marsh grass on the main opening, uh, you know, 300 yards, whatever, 250, whatever you want to do. At that point, you're just you're just taking a shot in the dark that the ducks are going to fly over you. Like, the, that's not a place that the ducks are actively speaking to go down like the potholes are. Mm-hmm. You're just basically cross-shooting them at that point. Now, is it is it pass shooting, or will they break down over your spread? Oh, yeah, they'll break down all this stuff. They'll, they'll come in and come right in. Now, what is your neighbor doing? What, what did you say that he was looking at you through his window or your window? No, I'm sitting on the truck because the amount of kids running around the neighborhood is the only quiet area right now. Yeah. And my shirtless fucking hillbilly-ass-looking neighbor <laughs> walks up probably to talk and just sits here staring at me. <laughs> well, you can obviously see that I'm on the phone. And then just kind of walks around my truck a couple of times and walks away. <laughs> so a, you and this guy are buddies, so. huh? Yeah. Yeah, he's the neighborhood entertainment. <laughs> so uh, have you shot any banded birds up there? I have never. This will be my 24th season coming up. I have never shot a banded duck. You know what? I take that back. I'll tell you a story in a second. I've got one banded goose, though. So the story. <clears throat> I got one of my buddies into duck hunting uh, five or six years ago now, and there's a spot out by Lake Winnebago. It's, I don't know if you've probably never heard of Rush Lake, but it was a pretty popular duck hunting area in Wisconsin back in the day. But there's another public place close to Rush Lake. <clears throat> and it requires a little bit of walking back in there. There's a spot that we like to hunt. It's but a mile and three-quarter, two-mile hike to get back in there. Well, we hunted a different area one time, and we had a flock of mallards come over. He was to my right, probably five yards away from me. We were just standing in the cattails, kind of sitting on muskrat houses, just hiding. And birds come over us and they kind of split off kind of three quarters of the flock goes over me and the other quarter kind of swings over him so i call a shot we pull up and shoot and right as i'm about to squeeze the trigger on the drake in front of me i hear a gunshot and it gets hit well at that point there's no going back so i pull the trigger and smoke that one too so he's shooting at the birds on my side when there's you know the birds that go you know over there so I basically told me it was a dumbass, whatever, <laughs> no big deal. So I walk out to get this bird, and this marsh, it's it's man-made. So there's areas where it's knee-deep, but if you don't know where you're walking, you can be in knee-deep water and then take a step and you're in 15 foot of water. Oof. And it fell in kind of the deep area, so I was kind of holding on to the marsh grass and kind of shuffling myself down the marsh grass. And once I got to the bird, I reached back to grab it, and I picked it up, and the fucker was banded. Uh-oh. That's the first mallard he ever shot, and it was banded. And at that point, I was so pissed off at him, I just basically told him to take his duck and get the fuck out of there. But <laughs> after 10 minutes, you know, I showed him how to, you know, turn the band in and do all that other stuff and get all the info for it. But, yeah, first mallard he ever shot, and I've never shot a banded duck, ever. Well, technically... You kind of did. You just shot it yeah, after he did. Exactly. Well, now he shoots those gay uh, Winchester with the square BBs or whatever the hell they are. So oh, the blind now side. if yeah, if we ever have anything like that, now we can cut the damn thing open and see who the hell hit it. <laughs> have does anybody in your area killed a Jack Miner by, band, or is that further east? Um, uh, yeah, there is, but they're all 
the older generation got them. I haven't saw one, you know. I haven't saw anybody my age have one anywhere around here. So they're still the only ones that I've seen were older guys. That that's the one thing that. Well, I shouldn't say that. It is one of the the things that I really really want before. They throw dirt in my face. What's the other ones? Jack Miner. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm sure there's others. That's the one that comes to my mind. I really want a Jack Miner band. That would be a trophy, especially in our area. At this point, well, I just want to shoot all band. <laughs> it, 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 I'm going to have to travel to get it. I already know that. We don't. I don't even think a Jack Miner band has been shot in Texas. I don't know that it has. I'm sure either. somebody will prove me wrong on that, but the odds are probably pretty slim of Jack Miner bands. Venturing down here to Texas. We, we get corrected on every fucking podcast for something Andy says. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I thought about when you messaged me about coming on. I was like, great. Now I'm going to have some jerk-off messaging me for the next week. Yeah. Telling me that everything I said was wrong. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie got that by some guy. Yeah, that's right. I did see that. Yo. Poor guy. There, there, you know, my kids and I, we go and we band ducks on the marsh every year with the DNR. Oh, that'd be cool. And... I go and do that because, A, they like it, and now my youngest turned three this year, so he'll be old enough to come along and at least check it out and maybe hold on to one and let it go. But I'm also in the back of my mind thinking that sooner or later the duck band karma is going to hit. It's got to. It, it, it has these to. Damn things. I'll shoot one. Yeah, it has you to. You know, the amount of wood ducks and mallards that we banned, and then you go out on the marsh two weeks later when duck season opens, you think that they'd just be falling out of the sky, but they never do. It's that, it's that soon? Two weeks? Two weeks you banned them, and then two weeks later you're hunting? Yeah, it's basically the molt is over, and yeah, so it's about a month. The molt is over, they're getting their flight feathers back, and then they get banded probably two weeks later, so it's probably about a month later. I'd be interested to see where all those birds are getting shot at. Exactly. Have yeah, you? I'd, probably in Missouri. Awesome. You know, that's the thing is, when I, I started going out right after we started banding, I, uh, I started going to Arkansas every other year, mm-hmm. and my goal was to shoot a wood duck or mallard in Arkansas that we banded in Wisconsin, which is, I might as well buy a Powerball ticket at that point if that ever happens. That is bad. That would be badass, though, if you could that do that. That would be awesome. Oh. That would be awesome. I can't think of another, it's almost like a trick shot that you'd hit. Band it in Wisconsin and then shoot it in Arkansas. That would be sweet. That would be that would be something. So, how many birds are you banding every every summer? Uh, we usually go. They usually do like two or three sessions of it, and they band anywhere between twenty and seventy birds. Um, towards the end of it, they start to catch a lot of the birds over again. So, I mean, half the birds that they net already have bands on from a previous session that they did. So I'd say between 20 and 100, let's say. Have y'all ever double-banded one? Nope, they just throw the one on and let her go. Record it and let it go. Have you thought about putting one of them bands in your pocket, honestly? (laughs) (laughs) That's a yes. (laughs) There has been reward bands shot up in Horton. One of my uh, guys my brother graduated with, he actually shot a wood duck uh, back-to-back years on opening day with $100 reward bands on it. Holy shit. So, whatever the hell. I, You know, when that happened, obviously, everybody, he, he thought he was fucking with everybody, but it was legit. He got two of them back-to-back opening days. I killed one. I've killed $200 ones, but they're, they were spread two out over 15 years. Ones. And I've killed, I've killed a couple of 10 and I think a 25. 
back in the day, back in the early eighties. But it's been a long time. So, but you're just putting yeah. regular bands on them, though, aren't you? You're not. Yeah, putting, these are all just regular bands. No, no re- all regular. No reward bands, no tarsals, nothing like that. No, nope, and it's just wood ducks and mallards. Every once in a while, the a teal gets in the net, and they don't even put a band on it; they just let it go. Well, assholes in the ones we shoot. Way to go. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Well, they, those probably have to have a di- I mean, I, I know they have to have a different size band, the teal. Yeah, yeah. it'd be a smaller oh, one. Yeah. Those little bitty ones. So are, are there are there different strings that you pull from when it's a mallard versus a wood duck, or is it just one after the other? No, they're different sizes. And I believe they have different sizes for adult mallard, juvenile mallard. Or maybe juvenile wood duck is a different size. I don't remember now. But how how many different. how many days does this take? How many, you know, the sexing and the everything? Uh, they net them, and the last bird probably gone within an hour and a half. But but what I'm getting at is, do they give you are are they set days already that you know? Okay, these yeah, are the days that we're going to be banding. With the, yeah, one of the ladies with the DNR that's in charge of it will send out an email saying, you know, Thursday at six thirty, we plan on doing this. Gotcha. And basically look for an email if we cancel or not. And then yeah. everybody will kind of get together in a parking lot. And then all of a sudden you'll hear some cannons going off and that's them shooting the nets over the corn. And then everybody loads up in the trucks and heads back in there. And it's all volunteer work. Yep, all volunteers. And you go back there and what usually what do they have y'all do? Are you holding birds, catching birds, putting bands on? <clears throat> what does it usually yeah, look they, like for y'all? So they, they kind of they have like a dike system. I, they they band up by the old DNR headquarters. I've never done it up there. Um, there's another on the west side of the marsh. That's usually where we end up going. So there's like a dike system that actually Ducks Unlimited created probably 10 years ago now. <laughs> and they'll dump corn up on those dikes, get the birds to come out of the water, and then it basically shoots a weighted net over it so it lays them flat. Mm-hmm. And then the volunteers basically start grabbing birds out of there, and then they'll separate them wood ducks or mallards, and then put them in plastic crates. And then the biologists will sit down, get all their info with report air with uh, tracking the bands, the numbers, and basically just start grabbing birds out of the crate. Somebody will slap a band on it, start yelling the number out, they'll write it down, hand it off to a kid, the kid throws it up in the air, and it flies away. Kids love it, huh? Oh, they love it. Yep. First one, my uh, my son threw. He was freaking out, didn't know what to do. Turned at me and uh, threw it directly at me and hit me in the face with it. <laughs> You'd figure, though, that, like, do they give them, like, a souvenir band or anything? You, these kids are out there busting their ass. You figure they at least get something out of the deal. Nope. They get scratched up from the wood ducks. That's about it. <clears throat> we got we to gotta talk to these people. There's got to be a better reward system. <laughs> You figure, I mean, at least like, hey, here's a, here's, you know, here's whatever. Put it on your lanyard. Hey, the DR operates on a tight budget, right? Yeah, but you'd get more volunteers that way. You could ban more birds. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'll tell you what yeah, that's. No, usually there's, there's way more than enough people that show up. There's usually a pretty good herd of people. So that's good for the kids, man. You get them involved early and get yeah. them liking it and they get excited exactly. about and it. Next year, that's the first thing they ask about is when we can go do that again. That's really cool. And that's good your DNR lets them do that. We don't do any banding in Texas that I know of. Mm-mm. I'm sure they do it at places, but. Nothing around here. Well, I mean, we we lied. They did, they banded right here the last couple of years, yeah, Specs, but it's not kinda, that kind of deal. That was kind of covert. Yeah, I don't understand why they try to keep that quiet either. Uh, 
Because they were doing the, the GPSs and everything on them. See, if you thought it was really cool to snag you a freaking band, you had to snag a GPS tracker band, a net collar. <laughs> you know, I did see, a, did see a goose with a GPS backpack on it uh, two springs ago. Here, Did you shoot it? No, I wish. It was right off the state highway in a park, right in the middle of town. And the last Ooh, last guy I, we had on would have shot his ass. And, yeah, I drove up, and I'm like, what the hell, that... Like he, that goose has got colored bands on each leg. And then I drove into the park, and when it turned and it kind of flared its wings open like it was going to run towards the water and fly, you could see something in the feathers between its wings. So I'm guessing that's what it was, was one of those GPS packs. Yeah. Vodka and bread, you'd have had him. <laughs> now, do you, exactly. do you get any specs or anything, or is it all just the big honkers? <clears throat> we, you know, I don't understand the specs in the snow. I just don't get those damn things. So springtime, we'll be out ice fishing, mm-hmm. and we will have specks and snow nonstop flying over us, mm. going north. And when everything's froze up up north yet, and it's open down here, like we'll have snow geese and speckle bellies on all these different lakes. Just I mean, they're everywhere, flooded fields. I mean, they're just all over the place. Fall time comes and they fly right around the damn state. They don't come over it. Springtime, they come right over top of it. Fall time, they don't even mess with it. I mean, you'll see, obviously, snow get shot, back get shot, but not in any right. high numbers. Right. I think that they, I think the, I think they pass you too fast. Um, there, somebody shared an article from the Louisiana Sportsman on on our closed group page, and it's talking about how fast the spec flies and how many miles it flies in a day. Like it's flying six, hun- seven hundred miles in a day. I think it was a hundred miles an hour, basically. Yep. I didn't Kilometer, understand kilometers. I didn't understand that shit, so they lost me. See, and I didn't. I just didn't know if they didn't like nuts. flying over Lake Superior in the fall when it's right. open because, ah. like, they they don't want to stop and rest in the water. Sure. So they fly, you know, Minnesota or come down through Michigan. That could be too, or what? And you know, when they head back up there, a lot of Lake Superior's frozen, so they can just chill out on the ice and right. keep flying then. That makes sense too, and like this article, it was one one female spec. So like you know, it's kind of a small sample size. But she yeah. she traveled like eleven hundred miles one day, eight hundred the next. Total. I mean, yeah, she went clear to Russia, basically. Yeah, and and started out like in Louisiana to West Texas. No. Yes. Did you read the article, Andy, or did you just buzz through it? I buzzed through it. That's what I thought. But. From my understanding is she was in Texas first and then buzzed over to Louisiana. I said she went from Louisiana to Texas. You know, Excuse I me. Honestly, I hate when they post articles like that because then That's they show wrong. the track and you're like, oh, look, we were hunting the marsh that weekend and the fucking <laughs> thing was right over top of Orcon. It was right over you the whole time and you didn't yeah. even know it. Well, it's like there's a little city called Rio that's west of me, probably 15 miles or so, and there's a lake over there called Mud Lake, and we'll hunt that every once in a while. And, like, two weeks after duck season got over last year, this article came out about how this farm has this pond on the back, and these farmers had this mandarin duck that was hanging out at their place for, like, two months. Oof. And it'd fly away in the, in the morning time to go feed and then come back to the pond. Well, shit, if they would have told us that during duck season, I would have hunted a little closer to their pond than try to get that damn thing. Yeah, no shit. That would have been another trophy. I've never, I've never known one of them being in the wild here. No. I've got one mounted in the Somewhere lodge. Over there. Over there. When is the best time to hunt in your neck of the woods? What month? Late late season? Um, yeah. 
I'd say late October into November. That y'all's late season is October, November? When's your season close? Yeah, we, we shut down the first week in December. Fuck. We're done. Just deer hunting after that. When's How long does deer season run? Uh, deer season's nine days, and it runs the Saturday before, or gun season anyways. It's nine days. It runs the Saturday before Thanksgiving until the Sunday after. That's fucking crazy. Andy's used like, to Texas. It's we got like three months here. Yeah, gun, se- gun yeah, season opens. We got like 700,000 deer hunters in the state that's, what, the third of the size of you? Yeah, te- Texas deer season opens, gun season opens September 1st and closes August 31st, basically. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, it's not that long. It's like first weekend in November to like the second weekend in January. But they've got a bow Isn't season it? in October. and Yeah. Yeah, and our bow season opens like mid-September and goes until – beginning of january oh okay well you live in a beautiful beautiful place my god i love wisconsin if i ever move from knox city it's gonna be to come up there i don't know about yeah, that. It's, the fucking it's winters perfect right now it's only hit 80 twice i was up north or i was in the central part of the state working and it was in the 30s this morning it was great that's insane no nope. still in the 30s are you outside of green bays where you're living say that again where do you live at what part of the state I am a half an hour north of Madison. Okay. So you're between Madison and Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay is probably an hour and 45 minutes north of me. What, what, you live close to the town that's got all the fucking trolls? Trolls? Yeah. Oh, Mount Horb? Yes, yes. What is Mount Horb is going to be about, I think, a half an hour, 45 minutes southwest of Madison. Me and Michelle were there so. now. Every time I'd stop at a corner, there was fucking trolls somewhere. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And they have a brewery and everything there, don't they? Oh, dude, there's a, over that part of the state, there's a brewery in every fucking city. Yeah, and uh, that is, boy, that's a beautiful area. Now, Madison's a pretty liberal fucking place, isn't it? Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like Austin, Texas is. Now, let me, there's, this is, this has nothing to do with waterfowl, but. Where in the hell are all these cranberry bogs in Wisconsin? Because when I went up there in the fall, I wanted to see one. That is actually exactly where I was working today. Um, if you go central part of the state, uh-huh. um, maybe if you cut the state in half, the western part of it would be a, a, a little off the center part of the state, a little off that center part center line going through the middle of the state well you've confused um, the fuck out of me now what town yeah i'm trying to explain it the best way i can without railing off cities that you have no idea where the fuck they are name them and you, um, i'm not surprised you with wisconsin rapids there's a whole bunch of them by south the, of wisconsin rapids by the dales uh, toma toma's a good one there's a bunch over that way i mean if you take the back roads through, from wisconsin rapids to toma you're in fucking cranberry bogs the entire time Okay, because me and Michelle went all through that point. That, that's by Stevens Point down. Okay, uh, yeah, exactly. I was right through you know, there. Stevens Point is going to be potato fields. And then if, you, if you're if you in Stevens Point, that main highway you're on is 51. If you go west of 51, probably a half an hour, then you're going to get into Cranberry Bogs. You were right there, Actually, Jeff. just south of... Just south of Stevens Point on 51, there is cranberry bogs right there. Hey, man, I was all up in that area. This isn't the first time Jeff has stopped short, has stopped short of seeing something miraculous. He fucking drove. This is embarrassing. <laughs> he wanted to see the eclipse. He wanted to see the full eclipse two years ago. How, yep. how far did you drive? We drove. We le- we left here at 9 o'clock at night. This one of them wild hairs up my ass. We ain't got no kids. So I told her, I told Michelle, I said, let's go. Let's, let's go, go see, see the, the full eclipse. <laughs> full She's eclipse. like, okay. 
she goes, let me get some wine. So we, we brought Ollie out here to the lodge today, and we took off and drove. And I drove all the way to Wichita, Kansas. We stayed the night, and we, she goes, where are we going? So we're going to go almost to Kansas City. So we got about 60 miles outside of Kansas City, and on the map I looked, it said 98%. It's like, fuck, this would be perfect. We pulled down this old road, and we went to this wildlife refuge. We sit there, and I told her, I said, my goal is to see the lightning bugs flying during the daytime. We sat there and sat there and sat there, and I'm thinking, God damn, I figured this place would be packed with people, you know, wanting to do this shit. These farmers would drive by, and they'd wave at us, and I'd wave and shit, and we had the lawn chairs out looking around, and they'd drive by again, and like, what the fuck are these people doing? Kept looking, and then all of a sudden, it was supposed to be like at 12.08, I'm looking at my watch at like 12.05, it starts getting a little shade, and I'm thinking, oh, it's fixing to happen, it's fixing to happen, it's fixing to happen. About 12.20, I realized we done fucking missed the mark. 2% is a big percentage. Yeah. Might as well stay in fucking Knox City. If I would have drove another 35 miles, I'd have been 100%. It'd have been dark, but it didn't work out till <laughs> well for this. Drove all that way and stopped 35 miles short. Wow. Yeah, so, so. I got more than that, and I was just at work when it happened, so. I, it was it was a very embarrassing day. <laughs> but I'm going to make up for it. Next year, it's supposed to be in Brownwood, Texas. I'm going to be in fucking downtown Brownwood, Texas when it happens. Those, uh. Yeah, I, those cranberry yeah, bogs. About 30 miles. But I want to see the cranberry bogs in the fall when they're red and stuff, and that's one thing I wanted to see when I was up there. I'm getting old. I like seeing old shit, you know, things that you take for granted. Like the Amish yeah, people. First, I'm, I'm right after the first frost is when they flood them and start to do everything, and that's when you... There's a little city called Warrens, and they have a big cranberry festival, and there's a shitload of bogs and stuff around over there, too. Well, I'm going to put that on my list for next next fall. So I know fuck all about cranberries. They just grow on a bush? And then the first frost, they freeze it, or how does that they work? Flood them, like in rice. Yeah, it's right. like yeah, I mean, flood them. There's like they they kind of it's like a big field, but it's like gridded out. And you know, I don't even know how big they would be, but there's there's basically dike systems everywhere, and there'll be like pits in between all the dikes for the low spot, and they'll basically just grow the cranberries there. And then as soon as, I'm pretty sure after the first frost is when they usually harden up and they're ready to go. And then they'll flood the damn things because then they float. Right. And then they basically just skim them off the top. And then they have culverts that go from bog to bog to bog to bog. And then when they're done with one, they basically open up the gate. Mm-hmm. And all that water drains out of that culvert into the or into the next cranberry bog. And then they do the same thing there. Hmm. And then after they get all the bogs all the way down, the last culvert will return it right back to the little canal that they have for all the water and then the bogs are dry again i've seen the commercials you know where the the, the juice company standing yep. in the ocean middle of the spray ball. ocean spray yep that's all ocean spray up stuff up there yeah so I've, I've seen that but i didn't know how they grew and and all that other stuff so best time of year october come on up have a uh, great october november i'd say i'd say november november october late october starts to pick up Late October, early November is a time to be in Wisconsin. Be- beautiful yeah, time to be there, too. Hopefully the Packers you will know, be It's, eight it's so over. weird, too, because, like, the weather can be setting up. The birds can start to come down. And I remember one deer season, it was 30 degrees out, and then opening day it was 20 below zero. And Ooh. everything froze, and the birds just, everything came through and was gone. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, that. it can change yeah. just like that. Dramatically. That's crazy. Crazy. Or crazy. you like last year where it gets cold when there's still a month to go, and then it warms up, and all the fucking birds are gone by then because it got cold already. Last year was just a fucked up mess. Hopefully Mother Nature will sort herself out. She's really PMSing right now with all the rain that we're getting. Well, 
I mean, I'm sure y'all are wet too, though. Uh, we've stayed dry for two days in a row now, which oh. has got to be a record lately. Wow. Yeah, it, it seems like every uh, night thunderstorms <laughs> blow up here, and just I don't know where we're gonna I don't know where we're gonna put the water. To be honest with you, but yeah, I've seen yeah, it the other way, just, and I'd rather have it this way. You go just northwest of Madison, like off one of the interstates there, I ninety four, and uh, I mean, there's fields that are just lakes now. I mean, it's five foot of water, six foot of water. It's crazy. It's going to be an interesting fall. It's going to be a real interesting so, fall. And those those flooded cornfields people got this all fucked up because early this spring there was a a field north of Madison that was one of those you pick your own strawberry fields where they plant the strawberries and let you go and pick them and all that shit. Yeah. And that thing flooded. It had about three or four foot of water on it. And there no shit. There was ten thousand ducks in on that field eating strawberries. All the I'm. I'm sure all the strawberries were gone, but eating whatever the hell's in the strawberry field. I mean, there was bluebills, canvasbacks, ringnecks, mallards. Uh, there was a shitload of swans right where the field transitioned from the strawberries to the corn. There was swans that hung out there for about a week and a half. I mean, there was fucking birds everywhere. Can you shoot swans? And you can't shoot them in Wisconsin, can you? I believe the feds they a lot. Um, Wisconsin, some of the tundra swan tag will be. Don't take them. Why? If that's Why? how I heard it correctly up at the waterfall conference. The reason is, is because we get a pretty good migration of tundra swans through later in the year. Now, theoretically, the trumpeters, or, sorry, had them mixed up. The tundras come through first, and then the trumpeters come through after. But like I just said, that night that it went from 30 degrees to 20 below zero, and everything came through at one spot, I mean, you'll have dumbasses. You know, shooting trumpeter swans instead of tundras and you know shit right. like that. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the reason that they said. Now it's been a couple of years since I've talked about that, so I could be totally just talking out of my ass here. But you know, it's just because some dumbass wouldn't sit around long enough to listen to him call and hear that it's a trumpeter instead of a tundra and just start shooting and asking questions later. That's pretty much what I got out of it. Their numbers seem to be increasing because you see more and more places with them and a lot more of them every year. Oh, dude, it's tundra swans. We get tundras to come into our decoys every single year now. Every single year, especially on that mud lake I was talking about. Uh, then I got a little lake north of me called Lost Lake. Every single time we hunt that, we'll have swans either come over the decoys or come into the decoys. Was that Did, did that happen 20 years ago? No. Yeah, they're, they're, they'll nope. really increase their range or their, or their population. Because we have them. We have, it's not unusual for us to see them here every year. Not a bunch, but well, one year we they, twenty we had years ago they were releasing they were releasing pairs of swans out on the marsh twenty years ago, just to kind of establish breeding, right. you yeah. know. And since I mean, there's swans everywhere now. That's crazy. Can't shoot them either. Mm-mm. Nope, can't shoot sandhill cranes. Can't shoot any of the fun stuff. Do you have a lot of sandhills come through? Oh yeah, we right now. I mean, today when I was at work, especially in the central part of the state potato fields, all that stuff. I mean, there's, I saw so many baby sandhill cranes today. It was crazy. So they're, they're nesting there then. So yeah, they're, I mean, they're all over. The only problem we have here is, uh, Baraboo, Wisconsin is home of the international crane association. Oh, who kind of spearheaded the whole whooping crane reintroduction stuff. Uh And I'm pretty sure that that has something to do with why we can't shoot cranes so did they just have the same mindset with the swans like don't shoot the sand hills because somebody might confuse them with the with the other you know i 
I don't know. And I don't know where it kind of stands right now. I know that if they implement a Sandhill crane season, it has to be done through the legislator in Wisconsin. It can't be done through the DNR right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's, they just have a protection status on them and it has to be lifted or what the hell the problem is. But, I mean, we got a lot of them here. Our our season, our crane season here opens two weeks later than it does west of here around Lubbock because the the whooping crane's coming through here. Huh. And that's why yeah. they changed it. But, you know, shit, you don't. There, there's a big difference. You got to be able to identify what you're shooting at anyways. Yep. Yeah. But I well, think yeah, those cranes. two times bigger. It's snow white and it usually has 1,200 fucking bands hanging off. Of yeah. It, like. <laughs> it's like Mr. T's flying around over there. Exactly. But it, like, like you said, people will shoot first and ask later. I think y'all's cranes, though, are part of the the group that goes to Mississippi and to Florida, though. Yeah, I think I, it's like Tennessee and Kentucky or something like that. Yes. I, I wanna You can shoot them in cold. Tennessee now, though. Yeah. I saw somebody on TV shoot them there the other day, and I was surprised that they had. I didn't know they had cranes there, to be honest with you. But there's a lot over there. And yeah, you I, know, in the fall time, we get some pretty good-sized blocks that come through here. I mean, they're a lot of those you know, ankle to knee deep marshes is where they roost. So we'll go in there duck hunting and it's not uncommon for us to have, you know, three to 500 cranes take off at a crack. I mean, a lot of them come through in smaller, you know, three to 20 blocks. But when they come back to kind of loaf for the afternoon, they usually come back all in one big bunch and they're noisy as fuck. And, you yeah. know, you know how it is. Oh, they yeah. will, they will drive you up a wall. I've seen that pictures. sound they, they that, make is terrible. Yeah. That, tornado because they can't they're so indecisive they can't just fucking land so they just fly around in circles for 15 minutes making that fucking noise yeah oh yep hate it so uh last question here uh point beer spotted cow uh i'd go spotted cow i haven't had point in a long time but I just, you know, I thought about that. I drove past Stevens Point at work today, and I drove past the billboard that says Point Beer Tours yeah. This Exit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shit, I think Andy drinks that disgusting shit. I love it. I love it. But I, I like, like, I like root beer, and now we're talking. I like, like Spotted Cow, too, though. I like Spotted Cow. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would take a Spotted Cow over Point. So you guys really don't like Point Beer up there? No. I don't, honestly, I'm not, I don't really, this is like sacrilegious in Wisconsin, but I don't really like beer. Ooh. I'm in the same boat with you, but that shit's like Democrat beer. So, you know, and that's the thing is I wish I liked beer because it'd be way cheaper to get shit-faced, but I don't really like beer. So what do you drink? Whiskey? Yeah, no, I'm more rum. Uh, strawberry daiquiris. Like <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be more down the strawberry daiquiri line, to be honest with you. I'd be down with that. Somebody's drinking point beer because they've been in fucking business forever. They sell for a buck forty nine a six pack. Point. Yeah, there's a college up there, so they probably get a discount. Well, oh, uh, we put our free discount or something. What about uh, Lining Kugels? Isn't that ooh, a? I do that's like a Wisconsin beer, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> chip chip. Chippewa Falls. 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 And now Sam Adams is getting in the summer beer. I saw they got a lemon beer. Yeah, Line and Kugel, though, I do love that summer shanty. I got a six-pack just the other day. Andy's into all that beer shit. I'm not. I like it. <laughs> I like point beer, too, so it's fucking sue me. Well, Dan, I really appreciate you coming on here from one cheesehead to the other. Uh, Andy I, is I, not a fucking cheesehead. Okay, okay. <laughs> you should be embarrassed by that. Listen, <laughs> listen. I've been rooting for those guys off and on for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. 
depending on who the quarterback is. For yeah, let me tell you, when when that when they trade for Cam Newton, I can't wait to see Andy Crumble. Boy, they won't they won't do that. Oh, they better not. But uh, hopefully, this year is our year, and uh, we can party together. I'll send you some point beer and well, we can drink it fuck together. Fuck you, we're not off to a good start. The coach can't even stay healthy. That's okay. It's going to be our rally cry. It's going to be our rally cry. He's going to say, look at me, guys. I'm doing it. Get up, pussies. I'm hurting. I'm walking around. That's right. That's right. Exactly. When the Vikings win the division this year, y'all are really going to be pissed. You know, honestly, I, I don't want to see that ever. I'd rather have the fucking Lions come out of nowhere and do it. Fuck, Matthew Stafford is going to drop like crazy. Yeah. Packers are bust. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I will uh, We'll holler at you later, bud. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Go Come Packers. Up. Fuck the Bears. There you go. <laughs> All right, bye.